0: And we are back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. You know how we do it over on TMI. Give you the latest and the greatest in football, basketball, and recruiting. Inside Intel, intense team coverage, outstanding recruiting coverage. We offer you analysis. We run the gamut of coverage when it comes to the maize and blue. Cannot be beat as if you listen to this podcast and watch or watch this podcast. I think you know that. Where it really goes down is over on the MichiganInsider.com, where $1 will get you in your first month. Once you get hooked, and you will, you will uh, become a full pay member and also have access to Paramount Plus. And of course, and your membership, even when you get in for a dollar, it includes access to all of 24 7 sports sites. It allows you to sort of check what other schools and teams are saying about a lot of the guys that we're talking about on this podcast today. Joining me as they do every single week, the best team in the land, TMI Crew, starting with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you?
1: Good. Great. Weather's going to start to cool down. We got football weather here to finish out the season, it looks like. So uh, should be an exciting few weeks.
0: And then, of course, Bryce Marriage. Bryce, how are you today?
2: Doing good. Good to be back, guys.
0: Yeah, so let's let's start with you, Bryce, and we'll start with your trip down to Ohio last week where you saw one of the top guys on Michigan's board. And fair to say at this point with the 23 class starting to wind down, one of the top guys on the board, regardless of class, and a guy that's trending heavily in Michigan's favor right now.
2: Yeah, so I went to go see Avon, Ohio, 2024, four-star offensive tackle Luke Hamilton. Um, And he's a guy that Michigan offered fairly early in the process of his recruitment. He's got over double-digit amount of offers Um, he's from Ohio, but he doesn't have Ohio state offer. And so that's the big caveat when it comes to his recruitment, but Michigan has made it very clear. And especially when I talked to him after his playoff game, when they won that we did offer and not only did we offer, we offered early and we're showing you a bunch of attention. Like you are one of our top guys. And that starts from top down, starting with Shrone Moore, who's made it crystal clear that he is one of the top guys we want in the fold next cycle. Um, And he said, listen, Coach Moore treats me like almost like a son. And every time I have went up there, I feel basically like family, essentially. So I talked to him. I posted a video interview, which I highly encourage everyone to check out because he was very candid about his thoughts about Ohio State, not offering yet, um, about where Michigan stands. He took an unofficial visit for, I want to say, the Penn State game or the Michigan State game. I don't recall the second. But anyways, he took that trip, and he liked it so much so that he admitted to me on camera that he thought about committing to Michigan right there off the visit. His dad had him pump the brakes and, listen, let's take a couple of visits, maybe even official visits. But in the back of his head, you know, he's like, I kind of want to commit and after talking with his dad, I will be posting that article as well, the interview I had with his dad, even his dad was kind of on board of maybe we should, you know, commit to Michigan. Um, Obviously, Luke and I think his family grew up Ohio State fans, so they're kind of layering, they're kind of waiting, but his dad and him admitted to me of like, we're not going to wait forever for this offer, you know, and Michigan, like I said, have made it very crystal clear. He's one of our top guys, if not one of the top guys on their offensive line board. And he's a guy that fits perfectly of what Michigan wants to do compared to Ohio state. Who's going to air it out. They're very intrigued and um, attracted to what Michigan does up front running the ball. I mean, yeah, he made have, you know, point blank clear that they won the Joe Moore award. And that was his first year of coaching the offensive line, and they might win it again, you know. So two years in raw, that that's very intriguing for offensive lineman of his stature. And watching him, he definitely reminded me of a guy like Trevor Keegan years back when I went to see him that just mold guys. So he fits perfectly of what Michigan wants to do up front. 6'6", 290, mean, physical, finishes, guys. Um, several pancakes I watched, I encourage people to also watch the highlights I posted of him as well. And following his trip, he made it clear as well. And then when I saw him on top of that, that Michigan is right now the clear favorite for him, the number one school, you know, so I put in across the ball, I think a couple others did as well. And I, I love where Michigan stands in this race.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're an offensive lineman and you're looking at the way these two lines are playing, if you're, if you look Hamilton looking at the way, these two lines are playing, I think you feel like even if Ohio State offers to set aside his fandom his game fits Michigan better than it fits Ohio states but if I'm Michigan I'm obviously I'm mentioning that but the biggest the bigger thing I'm leaning into and you just touched on it Bryce and I'm curious if you agree Steve I'm really leaning into hey man they don't they don't think you're good enough to play there what are they waiting on We've been sold on you for, for some time. See that maybe didn't play as well when Michigan wasn't on par with Ohio state. Right. Because when, before when Ohio state was, you know, running a rough shot over Michigan, dudes would be like, okay, I'll go to Michigan. If you're a fallback, but if Ohio state comes for me, they're a lot better. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Ohio guy and they are a lot better anyway. Now they aren't a lot better. And now when you say, Hey, we think you're good enough to be a champion, and they don't. And you beat them, it resonates more. Same thing, same thing is the case with Brian Robinson. Like if I'm Michigan, I said this when we were talking in the summer. I'm just amplifying that now. What are they waiting on? They don't think you're good enough. We've been on you. You've been a priority. You've been a guy for us for, for months. Top of the board. Months. These guys keep saying they like you, but they aren't backing it up with any action. And you got to believe, Steve, it sounds like that's working on Luke Hamilton. I know it's hard to set aside that boyhood affinity, that family affinity, but it sounds like it's working with him. I feel like it's working with with, with Brian Robinson some. And maybe we're starting to see the, the time frame where Michigan's presence in Ohio starts to become pronounced again because it's been a while since Michigan. I mean, they get a guy here or there. You get an Eric all here or there, right? Uh, impact player here or there. But not like it used to be where you have multiple guys every year coming from Ohio. Maybe we're seeing Michigan start to get back to the point of emphasizing that state enough to have that kind of presence in Ohio and be good enough on the field to kind of lure some of those guys up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and definitely, Sam, like you said, the biggest thing is is the winning part of it, right? That Michigan has a much stronger foundation now to approach these prospects and say, you know, use that pitch about being in first, being more aggressive. Uh, you know, yeah, Brian Robinson, another great example. Uh, you know, Michigan has normally almost been like a placeholder, uh, you know, in previous cycles and stuff for, for kids that, you know, Ohio State almost knew they could come in late. And take a guy whenever they want, and and I, you know, that's not to say Ohio State still has tons of power in in within the state, but I think Michigan. One thing they're really doing, uh, it feels like they're picking sort of the right spots to attack in Ohio as well, you know, because like these guys, uh, a guy like Luke Hamilton, like like Bryce said, really good prospect. Brian Robinson, the uh, Armstrong twins out of St. Ed's, look like a couple legitimate tackle type prospects. You know that Ohio State hasn't gotten in on yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're Brian Robinson, Michigan's been recruiting the hell out of you for how long? They're, Ohio State, yeah, you have you know all his interviews with him, talking to Larry Johnson, telling him how much they love him and stuff, no offer. Well then Michigan's also producing tons of guys at that edge spot as well. You know, I mean, Michigan, they, they're finally creating or have a, a foundation of a more well-rounded pitch that they can give these guys. And yeah, the final key of that was winning and beating Ohio State. You know, and and provided both teams win out in the next couple weeks, they'll be meeting undefeated, you know, in a game where, you know, a Michigan win would go a really long ways in keeping that going. But I'd argue, I think Michigan's gotten to the point, if it's a close game in Columbus that goes either way, I, I don't think it will hurt Michigan on the recruiting trail that badly. Because they, at that point, they're still well in playoff contention probably, uh, you know, And these kids will see the the product of of what Michigan is is really building. So love the attacking of Ohio. I think it's the right time to get back in and and start to make some waves there.
0: You know, I was on the the documentary, uh, the rivals, uh, you know, the rivalry documentary on Valley Sports, talking about Michigan versus Ohio State and the the ebbs and flows of the rivalry on the field. What never ebbed and flowed until. Until Trestle was recruiting, Michigan was always a factor in Ohio. Obviously, some of the greatest players to ever play here, the greatest players, two of the greatest players to ever play here, come from Ohio. Uh, But you wouldn't know that in this generation, right? Guys, they grew up in, and like you said, Steve, it was a great point. Michigan is a placeholder. They don't really seriously consider going to Michigan if Ohio State is an option. And that's even after Urban Meyer comes in. So first, first, Trestle slams the door at one point. And I remember there was a year where Michigan didn't get a single player. This was when Lloyd was still coaching. It was 07, I think, 06. 06. One of those years, he didn't get a single player from Ohio. And it was like, what is, you, it was like an earthquake. Like, what's going on? So that was the first sign of things kind of, the pendulum kind of swinging definitively in Ohio State's direction. You, Brady comes in. Brady Hope comes in, and that first cycle that was Chris Wormley, and you went out Taco Charlton. I mean, you you went and got some key guys from the state of Ohio. Demonte, Demonte, you you had some dudes, right? Ben Bengetian, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was yeah, a lot. You that was had some pull. guys right there in that cycle. There was an emphasis there, and what they were able to lean into was that you, you had that brief window in there. Where Urban Meyer comes in, you got the the end of the Trestle era. You know, there's a little flimsiness with with the with the sanctions. Urban Meyer comes in, and Urban, he comes in with a national thought process. Like I I mean, you know, Ohio, yeah, we'll recruit Ohio, but we're only recruiting the tip, 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 top guys, the the five stars off the rip. We're looking national before we look local, though, right in terms of the rest of the how we round out the class. And it felt like it around that time that there were some schools and coaches in Ohio, very prideful state. It's like, wait a I minute, mean, this dude coming in here, you know, looking national. What about the Ohio guys? Problem was Michigan wasn't good enough to capitalize on it, right? They weren't good enough to say, hey man, they're disrespecting you. They're looking at all these national guys before they look at you. Now you can exploit that maybe. Because Ohio State still they're still doing it, right? We're talking about Luke Hamilton. Luke Hamilton has a ton of. He is a top two, four, seven guy. If I'm Luke Hamilton, I'm like, man, what the hell? I mean, you, you see better guys than the number seven offensive tackle in the country? If I'm Brian Robinson, man, his offer list is even gaudier. SC, I mean, you, you look at his list, you're like, man, this, surely he had SC, Georgia, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, Tennessee, A&M. All these schools have offered him, not Ohio State. So they're still doing what they were doing when urban came in. And, but everyone was like, you're winning, you're at the top, you're beating the brakes off of Michigan. No, one's really looking at it now. Now there's a chance to really exploit that. And I I sense Michigan kind of taking up that mantle and trying to, trying to push that. Now you look, every school goes through it. They, you know, other schools see a weakness to come in. You're looking national at some guys and they want to come in and, and say, hey, they aren't looking at you right now. They're disrespecting you. Come with us and and watch them come back around to try to get you. I use that as a segue to Michigan recruiting and Darius Taylor, Bryce, because Darius Taylor is committed to Minnesota, but he just took a visit to Michigan, and Minnesota is saying the same thing to him that I just said Michigan should be saying to Ohio about their guy. So what about Darius Taylor?
2: Yeah. So this is a guy that's been kind of on Michigan's radar quietly, um, behind the scenes and Mike Hart has been monitoring him for quite some time. He's one of, uh, Michigan's Mr. Football candidates. I mean, he's rushed for 2,200 yards. He's had over 250 yards receiving and scored 32 touchdowns as a senior. So the productions there, um, You know, I think he's around right now six foot, 185 185-ish or something like that. Um, But if you watch his running style, he's very physical. In between the tackles, he can definitely bounce it outside. But he fits what Michigan likes to do, obviously, is run the ball, you know. So uh, Michigan does have two running back commits in the class at the moment. But I think they're looking at the long-term projection of What's going to happen with Blake Horham? How long is Donovan Edwards going to be in the fold? I mean, if he's, he's been killing it, you can't imagine he's going to be here four years. Um, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts in terms of running back recurring, And it doesn't hurt to find more guys and restock the cupboard, which we always talk about. So he's a big-time talent right here locally here in Michigan. And, Sam, like you just said, in terms of Ohio – you want to keep your home guys, the top guys, especially guys who have senior years like that, kind of home. Michigan's kind of leaning towards that as well. And so, Minnesota, they have Mo Ibrahim. You know, they've been pitching that kind of, hey, look what he's been doing running the ball. We can tote the, we can tote the ball just like Michigan. But they also play in the Big Ten Wests. And I think that's another issue of how far can you really get playing in the Big Ten West, you know, yeah. whereas Michigan right now, they're on the verge of potentially making another catch football playoff. So there's different selling points you can use here and there, but uh, this is one definitely to monitor going forward.
0: Yeah, man. And so, Steve, what it points to, though, is how strong an argument that can you make? I mean, as, as an in-state school, you, you are – in some instances, especially guys who you think could develop but haven't yet, you know, you're, you're making that gamble that if they do, that you'll be able to tug on those, those hometown heartstrings, right, that you will be able to convince that guy that, hey, you know, we've been watching you all along. We just wanted to see how you came along. It wasn't that we weren't, we weren't interested. We just need to see more, more film. And generally speaking, you know, if you're competing, with, it. with I, I sort of see it as a little different than with Luke Hamilton and with Brian Robinson, because those guys have clearly put a lot on tape already. I mean, they have offers all over the country. That is not quite the same dynamic with Darius Taylor, who we we're talking about with with Minnesota. But there is the loyalty factor to the Golden Gophers. That is a hurdle that that Michigan is not is is not as clear uh, uh, a you know, a clear a move that they're going to be able to make is maybe I initially anticipated based on his his visit and some of the buzz that I was hearing a few more calls makes it sound like that's going to be a little tougher for Michigan to pull away.
1: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Like Minnesota's done a pretty good job at running back over the years. Right. I mean, so there's a, there's a history there at that position for them. Uh, Got to imagine they're probably pitching depth chart, uh, I don't know what Minnesota's depth chart looks like but probably something they're using um uh, and then also yeah that loyalty factor uh you know Minnesota offered him forever ago he's been pretty solid in his pledge so you yeah, have your Michigan you got to you know you only signed one back last cycle I mean I think that's kind of a big thing here and and you know we suspect Blake Corum will be gone next season I can't you know I can't fathom Him returning uh, next year. I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot in that situation, you know. And so Michigan needs a few backs in this cycle, whether it be, you know, recruiting or or other means. So, you know, from Michigan's standpoint, it made total sense to kind of wait and and see, you know, maybe if Coram wasn't having the season he's having this year, maybe his him coming back or not is a bigger question. So, yeah, this one will be interesting. I like the offer. I think Taylor's really good. I think him and Cabana are the clear best two best running backs in the state. Uh, and I think their games jive together a little bit as well. You know, we talk about Cole Cabana as more of the sort of the, what Donovan Edwards is doing for Michigan right now. You know, a guy that you can split out a guy that can make some big plays in the uh, receiving aspect of the game, you know, a guy just more of an all purpose style. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, I mean, Minnesota has got a pretty solid foundation here, but, but there is that proximity, you know, I got to assume the family is probably at least a little excited or intrigued at the prospect of him playing within an hour of home uh, versus all the way in Minneapolis, like stuff like that. So, uh, you know, yeah, we'll see where Michigan ends up in this one.
0: Yeah. So a, a couple of things come to mind for, for me here. Uh, you go to Minnesota, you mentioned that Bryce, you're playing in the big 10 West. The running back stable is not as is clear. I mean, the, the odds of you, becoming uh, the odds that you getting a lot of carries earlier in your career are higher at, at Minnesota. I mean, he has to be looking at that. Now the profile is better. And I'm, if I'm a running back, I may be looking at the wear and tear piece of it too. Do you really want to be uh you know, a, a 30 carry guy every game? It's one of the reasons why I think Blake is going to go to the NFL. Like the, the wear and tear, especially on running backs, is a real thing. If I'm advising him not to, you know, I don't want to see who wants to see, you know, one of your best players go to the NFL. But if I'm looking at his best interests, I'm telling him, you know what, Blake? I mean, maybe he'll win the Heisman Trophy this year, right? I, it's like I get, yeah, make that jump, make that leap to the NFL, right? Uh, and so I think that's that's part of Michigan kind of expanding their running back board a little bit uh, because of the likelihood, I think, that that Blake makes the jump. That's not based on any conversation with him. That's just, you know, looking at the dynamics of, of running backs in the NFL now. They're already devalued. You don't want to devalue yourself more by adding more wear and tear on the tires before you hit the pros. So I think that'll be part of the thought process. The other thing is, look, frankly, I think if Michigan, you got Cole Cabana on one side, and Benji Hall on the on the other, and I think that obviously Cole has had a magnificent season uh, with with Benji Hall. I mean, it's it's a projection piece, but you you want to give yourself some some cover with that recruitment to make sure that that quotient that that sort of bigger back physical quotient is really covered. It could be him, but when you got a guy right in your neck of the woods that is also a bigger back. That can catch the football out of the backfield. That's put up really great numbers. Uh, you don't want to miss out on that on that opportunity because you you just want to have enough redundancy in your class to cover up for what could be a gaping hole in the next couple of years. Blake this year, and if Donovan has the kind of year, fellas, tell me what you think. Do you do you think Donovan can do, be a thousand thousand guy, a thousand yard running rushing, a thousand yard receiving guy? What do you think, Bryce?
2: I mean, I definitely do. I know watching me in high school, I was like, he might, and we, I mean, we all were like astonished of what he could do with the running game. But I mean, I remember talking to Ron Bellamy when he was the high school coach at West Bloomfield he said, watch him catch the football and watch what we do when we, you know, spread him outside and let him just run a vert- vertical route and no one could touch him. You know, and you've been seeing that in the college level. So if Michigan, I think, translates more towards uh, 50-50, because I don't know if it's 50-50 right now in terms of offense, what they're doing, but if they do, I usually could see them have those numbers.
0: Steve, you think
1: that's far-fetched? I mean, I picked him as my team MVP this preseason. I know it, a, it ended up being a year early, but it's because I believe he has those abilities. Uh, honestly, watching him run the ball last weekend uh, looked like he's – really making major. he's already a good good runner but it looked like he's already you can see him mid-season this year making its strides uh just as a rusher you know and so yeah I, I think it, it just come down to if Michigan wants to use him that much because there's no doubt he has that ability I mean yeah his I, I just always I always go back to Allen comparing him to Elvin Kamara I just that is such a good comparison that's one of the best you know we always on our on Prospects profiles for twenty four seven. Our our analysts are always tasked to kind of compare a player to a a current NFL guy, and I still think that's to this day might be the best comparison uh, that anybody on our site has ever made because their games are so similar uh, to each other. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he's as long as Michigan wants to use him that much, I think it'd be within the realm of possibility. Honestly,
0: yeah, I think it's a terrific, terrific comparison. The difference being, when when Alvin Kamara was at Tennessee, it was like, you know, they didn't know what they had. You know, or when he was at Bama, anyway, they didn't know what they had. Then he winds up at Tennessee, and he's good, but he's not Saints good. Uh, it, it wasn't until he got to the league that you really saw that, man, this dude is elite as a pass catcher, right? He was a third-round pick. Michigan is is using Donovan – as a sophomore, the way that we saw, uh, the way that we saw Alvin Kamara be used in his last year at Tennessee, by next year, I think Donovan, I, I think he'll have the kind of season that'll make Alvin Kamara blush. There's been one player in in history who's had a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving, and it's Brian Westbrook at Villanova, FCS guy. Ira Weintraub gave me that stat. I, was, I thought maybe Kamara didn't no, only Brian Westbrook. I think that Donovan Edwards can do that at the FBS level. Here's why I mentioned that. Blake out this year, Donovan out next year. And these are these are stars that Mike Hart walked into, right? So you gotta be replen, you gotta be really, really serious about replenishing those ranks right now. I think they feel like they have a guy in CJ Stokes. I really feel like they 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 got a guy in in Cole Cabana. And then how do you round out your stable? Because right, you want at least three. you know, we've seen the last couple of years, they have at least three guys. You want at least three guys that you know have that potential to be game-breaking guys for you. And so I feel like Cole could be that guy. And if you can round that out with a, with a Darius Taylor too, great. But here's the problem. You know, as you get back in on Darius Taylor and you try to get him over the fact that you, you come back on him, right because that that is that takes some convincing right and I, i i think that minnesota based on my conversations uh here over the last last day or so i'm back on the side of leaning towards them sort of favoring them to to retain them but it's not over you know michigan still has a shot but let's say that moves forward bryce now you you remember it took Michigan kind of came in a little after the fact with Cole Cabana, right? And that took some some massaging to kind of get that one across. Now, if you add a third back to the mix, you know, you see other schools trying to pounce on that and trying to convince Cole, hey, you know what? Michigan's looking around at even more backs. What about us? How do you see that one playing out?
2: Yeah, I mean, the first thing I thought of is how how is Cole and how is Benjamin going to feel seeing a third guy get offered, you know, were they talked to before this offer got extended? Was this always in the plans? Um, and then there's always the obvious, too, of now what college teams are doing, you could always look at the portal. That's always an option as well, you know? so. Right. A lot of different routes you can go, but I think with this, and Steve kind of alluded to this with Cole, he's basically a Swiss army knife, you know. And I know Darius can catch the ball, and I know even Benjamin can catch the ball, but especially with Cole and his speed, you can use him on the outside, you can use him in the slot, you can use him in so many different ways in the offense to where he's not like your Hassan Haskins, essentially, you know, he doesn't have to toe to 30, he can. And if you watch him at Dexter, He's take he's taking a lot of carries, but at the same time, you're seeing him, you know, do wheel routes, do other things that maybe that is not, you know, exactly what Darius and Benjamin are that their are strong suit. Essentially, you yeah, know? That, isn't that the
0: that's the pitch though, isn't it? because you got to keep recruiting your own, you got to recruit your own roster, you got to recruit your commits. Isn't that what you say, Steve? The, none of the guys we're recruiting are like you. Like you're like Don. You want to see who we have right now, who's like you, he's playing right now. The only guy we have that can do what you do is Donovan Edwards. So don't pay attention to who else we recruit. Is that not the pitch, Steve?
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you're, you know, there's so much value in that too. And and, and having a guy like, yeah, he's, he's, you know, whether they can, a guy like Cabana can be a bell cow back or not, to me, is like completely irrelevant because it, it's not utilizing his skill set to the maximum that it, it can, and B, you know, yeah, more and more, you know, Michigan is a team that does tend to, you know, like Blake Korn has carried the ball a lot this year. And I, like you said, Sam, like that, that wear and tear can add up. But like in a lot of instances, you know, teams are shying away from giving a guy the ball 30 times a game. In, the, in today's college football, it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily, I mean, maybe I know kids are, these kids are different. They're, they're used to it, but like, I'm not sure, like who wants to be a bell cow? <laughs> back in today's college football like you're, right. you're you know it is like the NFL will notice you whether you're carry the ball 15 or 35 times a game if you have the skill set to get it and make it in the pros you don't need to be a guy that is carrying the ball 100 times over a three game period to to show that you know so yeah Cabana's skill set is way too diversified to you know make feel like Michigan needs to pitch that that you know I don't like Hassan Haskins is like the last guy I think of when I, when I watch a kid like Cole Cabana's film, you know, I mean, he's, he's a guy Yeah, Donovan Edwards all the way uh, as, as if you're Michigan, not only saying you remind him of this, of this guy, but look what we're doing with a guy like this. Look at what, look at the impact he's having on the game in just even as a as a decoy, like teams are having to respect the hell out of him every time he's on the field, whether he's in the backfield or split out. Um, you know, so, yeah, if you're Michigan, that's – I don't know how that pitch doesn't resonate, uh, whether you're recruiting other running backs or not, because, you know, guys like Donovan Edwards and, and, and Cole Cabana, honestly, they, they don't – they're not easy to find. There aren't many of those types of guys. So, uh, yeah, should be – you'd think, you know, it'd be – pretty simple but
0: yeah well I look man it, it, guys I, I part of me gets it gets it from the standpoint of there are only so many carries to go around but that's why I think the emphasis if I'm talking to Cole Cabana I'm not talking carries I'm talking touches let's talk touches young fella you're gonna get a ton of touch we're gonna we're gonna hand it off to you 10 to 15 times a game you're gonna get you know, five-plus targets, we're going to put you back and, and use you in special teams as a returner. You're going to be all over this game. And, and guess what? Touches uh, put less wear and tear on you than carries, right? So it, I, I think that the pitch is clear. But, again, part of, of recruiting is sort of massaging feelings, right? You know, it, it's not adding another back to the equation is is more – a response, a response to the fact that your running back ranks look like they're going to be depleted, maybe sooner than you initially planned. Uh, and you know, frankly, if you look at, at Benjamin Hall's season, things it hasn't been a great season for him. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have addressed that position adequately enough. That you know, none of that has anything to do with the kind of phenomenal season that Cole Cabana is having. But you're right, Bryce. You could look portal. There are some portal rumors going on about out there with regard to Michigan. We will address those on the other side. So stay tuned when we return here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay,
1: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
0: All right, fellas, then we are back here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So lots of of rumors. I'm sure you guys have seen them on Twitter. You've seen them, uh, people asking us questions on the message board. You go over to the Wisconsin 24-7 site right now, uh, and they have plastered on their message board, Michigan and Braylon Allen, Michigan pursuing Braylon Allen. The season isn't even over yet. Basically setting the stage for saying that Michigan is tampered. With, with, Bra- with uh, Braylon Allen. Let's be clear. Michigan has not had contact with Braylon Allen. I repeat, Michigan has not had contact with Braylon Allen. The genesis of a lot of this is Braylon Allen follows Mike Hart on Twitter. All right? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, in this day and age, you always have to have your antenna up when it comes to in guys who may enter the portal down the line. Uh, but this this notion that that Michigan is going hard in the paint in, in their pursuit for of Braylon Allen, people need to pump the brakes on that. And even if it were true, how about this, Steve? Even if it were true, why would you know? Why would we say that? Why, why would anyone? Why would anyone, you any, any credence to to something that clearly, clearly would put Michigan in a really bad spot? Uh, if it were the case i have not had any contact with braylon allen but that's the that's the kind of thing that you keep your eye on right uh steve you got a coaching change there they've already had a lot of guys enter the enter the portal logan brown's in the portal marcus allen's in the or logan brown i think already committed to kansas but uh but marcus allen's in the portal you got guys clear some guys up there don't like jim leonard a a ton and they're jumping in the portal so you you're looking at situations like that where there's some coaching changes, where especially where maybe there be some guys that hit the portal and, and maybe you can pounce on it when they do.
1: I mean, yeah, he'd be a natural fit on Michigan's roster, right? Um, I mean, that's a dude that'd be a natural fit pretty much on any college roster, I think. But, but, yeah, I mean, like, again, this all goes to me, this all goes back to Michigan only signed one running back in 2023, right? Got to – whatever options are potentially out there, I expect we expect Michigan turning over every rock at least and 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 keeping the yeah keeping the the door open uh for any possibility there right so I think it's really about having like stocking that room back up when you know like we said we have one guy who's in the who's in Heisman contention who's almost assuredly gonna be gone next year, and then you have another guy who uh, will probably be gone after next season, provided he has the season we expect him to in Edwards. So, you know, if you're Michigan, as much depth at running back as you can, as you can find, uh, but, but finding an upperclassman or, or a, you know, a second or third year guy to take one of those spots, I think might be the best potential option for Michigan. So it's, yeah, it's really about just keeping the options open, but to open that can of worms right now publicly is, is pretty stupid. Uh you know, of anybody to do. So it doesn't, you know, no reason to do anything like that. So we'll just kind of see once, once Michigan's able, uh, we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. Uh, but a, a big 10 guy, a guy who comes from uh, a a program that emphasizes a rushing attack, I, obviously a guy who's been part of a, a, a stable. You do wonder, I mean, you know, when any of these guys, any guy that's looking to leave a program, I, I also think that part of it is the vetting process, too. You know, kind of looking into why they're why they're leaving. You know, what are what's the word on them from, from the program? And then you can't always count on because a lot of times you have some coaches having sour grapes and not giving you the real. But I just look at the case like Olu, Oluwatimi. You know, they Michigan had great ties to to his staff, his high school staff. They were able to to really confirm who who he is as a guy, as a player, as a leader, uh, and you know, as he hit the portal, you know his his coaches were were really working that to kind of you know make sure that hey, there's some interest there on Michigan's part, because Michigan was immediately one of the teams that uh, he was was reaching out to and most interested in. So that's the other thing why things like this. Don't happen in this. First of all, it can't, Bryce. Like you can't, you don't, you can't tamper, right? So Michigan is not tampering with with Braylon Allen, but you also need time to kind of check into whether what are the dynamics of that young man's situation where he's leaving. You don't want to be taking on someone else's problem. And I'm not saying that that that's what Braylon Allen is, but you need time to check it out to make sure that that's the case.
2: Yeah, and you look at Michigan's kind of track record under Harbaugh with transfers. He's done a, he's had a pretty high hit rate there. Especially, I mean, with the latest guy, uh, Yabi Oki, who's been, I would say, much more than I even anticipated coming in. You know, and so with this, I think obviously you almost have to, again, Sam, you recruit your recruiting class. Then you got to make sure your roster's doing well. You don't want guys leaving. And then you got to keep an eye on the portal. So there's a lot of different things you're monitoring and, you know, examining at the same time. Um, but yeah, in terms of fit, I mean, this guy would be an absolute home run for them if they could land him. But again, he's not even in the portal. So all this talk about, you know, him potentially coming here and all this interest, there's nothing to see there. He's not even in the portal, you know? So right. I, I think people I- are getting a little. Yeah, probably him themselves. Probably hurt yeah. the chances. Frankly. And I, you know, you yeah, I mean, I personally wouldn't like that's like putting in a crystal ball for a guy coming elsewhere that just talk bad about you. I have or it's just you know, it's not a good look. You know, it could hurt your chances with that kind of stuff, especially like an in state quarterback. Like you don't want to <laughs> do that kind of stuff, you know. It's just
0: it's a good segue. I, it's a good segue. That's that's that,
2: but that's me. That's me. Yeah, look, we
0: need to we need to address it because we get questions. All the time, well I mean, and I get it for a minute there for more than a minute for a long time there, Dante Moore was at the top of Michigan's recruiting board, right um, you know, and I said even after he committed to Oregon, leave the light on for him that that recruitment isn't over until he signs that you make a play for him down the line, or you keep you know you keep the lines of communication open. Uh, leaving open the possibility to make a play for him down the line if you're in Michigan because you can't tell me that all the things that he's looking for at Oregon, that he can't find those things plus some at Michigan, right? Well, does the same logic apply to Michigan State? Yes and no. Yes and no. Kid grew up in a diehard Michigan family, number one. Uh, Michigan's success on the field is is clear, true, and pronounced. That's number two in excess uh, of Michigan's, and I think that the profile of the program is more is is superior to that which he's leaving. Whereas Michigan State is is more on par. Maybe you know, folks at Oregon say, "What are you talking about? Our program is superior to, in profile to Michigan State's. I don't know. I let them duke that out. Point is, it's yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things because the relationship was longer, the connection was longer with Michigan than Michigan State, who was out when the Edmondson kid committed. You guys might remember when I went down there. And I remember talking to Spence about it. He made it pretty clear. When they took another quarterback at King, they almost thought, like, okay, <laughs> I guess you got your guy. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be Dante, right? So they were pretty much done at that point. Edmondson comes off the board, Steve, and automatically you have, uh, you have some Michigan State folks kind of, you know, saying, well, this is, this is part and parcel to them, to their run at, at Dante Moore, right? You even had a crystal ball go in for, for, for Dante, and I have, I making some calls, do I think that Michigan State is back showing interest in, in Dante? Sure. Do I think he's given any indication that he is close to decommitting to Oregon? I've heard nothing uh, suggested that's the case, that he's close. Now, will I rule it out? No, because I I just, at the end of the day, I never thought the dude wanted to leave home. I I never thought that, you know, I always thought that was going to be one of the biggest hurdles for, for Oregon. Give them credit for bridging the relationship gap. I think they were able to swoop in when, when the Notre Dame thing kind of kind of fizzled out, and he likes Dillingham. I mean, they have a, a really good relationship there, but he never really, really wanted to go. So I, I think if you're Michigan State, it makes sense to make a run, but I don't think that you know he's favored to flip. I don't know. Whoever's saying that, I'd like to know who they're talking to because no one, literally no one I've talked to Said they said, I mean, the dude is so focused on the playoffs right now. You almost wonder, Bryce, if if this might be a a, if you might find it problematic that he has to answer all these questions right now.
2: Yeah, it's just like I said, I when I saw it and I saw, and everyone said, Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think there's a fire here, and now maybe there could be some you know little flames in the background eventually, but I just that's that. That's a big, tall task right now to put in a crystal ball for a flip. There, I just that's uh, not my cup of tea. Especially with how we do our crystal balls here, it's not my cup of tea. Hey, you know,
0: you you play the power ball. You got a chance of being right, right? You got <laughs> you should got a chance of hitting it. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean that you were that you really knew which numbers were going to hit, right? That doesn't mean, I mean that. That just means you got lucky if it works out that way. But but Steve. Uh, this is one I see a lot of Michigan fans fretting about it and not not necessarily from the standpoint of worrying about who Michigan State gets but but wondering is could could Michigan be missing out on an opportunity here and I, I you know I think you got to look at it from Michigan's standpoint I just don't think it's a gamble they can afford to take with how well with how good things are looking with Jaden Davis right now, I just think they're too far down the aisle to kind of reverse course there, pump the brakes, and, and say, "Okay, now we're going to go all in on trying to flip Dante," when Dante has not given an indication that he is on the that he is close to doing so. It'd be different if he was giving off vibes, or we could really say legitimately that Auburn and Dan Lanning, that there's something there, but you can't and you won't know that until probably after signing day, you know, or close to it. And by that point, Jaden Davis may have made a decision, Steve. So it just seems to me the prudent thing to do for Michigan is keep running the race with, with Jaden and see where that, that goes because you'll have a resolution to that uh, probably probably in December anyway.
1: Yeah, you don't want to, yeah, way too big of a gamble this this late. And yeah, like you said, as much progress as Michigan has made with Davis over the last two or three months, uh, you don't want to roll the dice there and potentially end up with nothing. Yeah, you know, I mean, because that'd be a real possibility if you try to make a run at a at a decommitted Dante Moore. Yeah, I mean, King kicks off in like five hours, like five hours from when we're recording right now, and we know how much you know the the King coaching staff has, has praised Dante Moore as a leader and and a guy you know a guy that his his teammates love and re- like. There's no way. That this stuff that 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 a kid like that is 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 happy or or is is approving of news like this kind of being not I don't want to fabricated be way too strong but you guys understand like pulling this out of thin Embedded. air uh, yeah like pulling this out of thin air after Michigan State loses a, a commitment at quarterback to, to throw out an, a story about Michigan State making a run at, at Dante Moore and then a crystal ball on top of that. I guarantee you, distraction, and it's not going to help Michigan State's
0: well, and, situation
1: and, 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 at all. Because if you're writing something like that, don't you think they got to be got to get it from, from somewhere? Like that—that that doesn't just appear out of thin air.
0: Yeah, you I know, think, but see, right? But where? See, I don't think they—they right, they wouldn't get that from Dante's camp. They right, get it, they get it For, from Michigan State. That, you know, Michigan that's state
1: yes. And so, like, so you're throwing this out there in the middle of a, you know, he's trying to win another state championship here. Makes zero sense to run with a story uh, to make his recruitment a, a a thing again or a distract potential distraction. You know, you wonder, will there be reporters at? I think they play Brother Ice tonight, huge game. Will there be reporters there? Will he get asked about it? You know, I'd be pissed. You know, if I was him, you know, and they, they say they come out on top and you know, not talking about the game, or asking about Michigan State or Michigan or whoever. Uh, but yeah, just not not a not an advantageous situation there for if you're Michigan State and you are you do want to make a run at him. You gotta feel like news like that going you know, public while he's trying
0: you try- know I guarantee you. I haven't talked to him about this. Haven't talked to his dad Otha about this. Haven't talked to Spence. Uh, you know at all I haven't talked to T P over King none of them have I asked this question but I can guarantee you that Dante has not talked to anybody over there to tell them that he's on the verge of flipping. Guarantee you guarantee you when they're about to play like you said they're about to play a play Heck, like you gotta you gotta be around the kid some um, to 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 really he just wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't do it. So, and I'm not saying that a flip is impossible. I'm saying that the notion that it's on the verge of happening now, that he's giving off vibes that he's about to, nah, bro, nope. This is, you mentioned, you used the word deflection. Hadn't Michigan State lost a lot of commits here in in recent weeks? Haven't guys been jumping ship left and right? Seemed to me this would be a good deflection, good distraction you know, yeah, lost this guy, lost that guy, lost this guy, lost that guy, oh, but Mike Dante that's sort of way to pacify the people, right That's how it seems to be, and <laughs> just I'm just saying
1: I mean I'm looking no, I'm sorry, i was I was looking, I mean yeah, they've lost three guys in the and they were among their highest ranked commitments as well, you know, and so yeah it's it is kind of like. Hey, look over here, real quick. You know, stop looking over there. Look over here. You know, so I don't. I don't stop know. Looking
0: at the tunnel ambush. Yeah,
1: interesting. <laughs> interesting strategy, though. Like I said, I, I my biggest thing is I just can't imagine um, if it's coming from Michigan state side that that putting that information, giving it to anybody, is doing them any favors at all. And if it's the ultimate goal, and again, not saying it's not Im- not impossible, right, Sam? But
0: mm-hmm.
1: just you're not. It's not helping at all to do it right now.
0: Well, and I'll get back to what I said before. I think, I think it's, it's possible from the standpoint. I never, I think if he had his druthers, he, he would have the, the opportunity that he likes the most as close to home as possible. It just didn't work out that way. Now that's an opportunity for a Michigan or a Michigan state. And in this case, you know, just to get around, you know, come back around to where we were talking about before. It just doesn't make sense for for Michigan to to push that at this point. Not when you're so close with Jane Davis. You can't ill afford. It'd be different if if Dante was if Dante were telling Michigan, "I'm ready to flip." Right. That's that's essentially what it would take for for Michigan to even entertain it. He would have to call him up and say, "I'm ready to flip right now." Otherwise, it makes no sense for Michigan to even you know, to risk where they are with, with Jaden Davis for that. And obviously Dante hasn't done that. I don't think he's done that with Michigan State. No, he hasn't done that with Michigan State either. Now, down the line, because it makes sense for Michigan State to 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 chase to chase him. He has a teammate. I mean, look, there, there's some connections there. He was he was complimentary of the staff. So I gotta point that out. He spoke highly of them. It's just that they were kind of dismissed a little bit because they had a quarterback commit. Now they don't. And so there's, there's a possibility there. But possibility and probability are different things, are different terms. So, you know, keep your eye on it. Is it possible? Sure. Would I call it likely at this point? No, uh, at least for Michigan State. Uh, definitely not likely at this point for Michigan to answer that question that keeps coming through for us. But let's, let's finish off just uh, highlighting Bryce a, a few names you already did as far as this visit weekend is concerned really heavy Ohio contingent is that right
2: yeah so they're gonna have several Ohio kids in. um maybe not the highest top rated guys but they're gonna have several and the biggest name to know is you is gonna be there Michigan's top ranked um commit in, in the 2023 class he's a guy that Again, he put up monster numbers. Mike Elston, he was the first guy, Mike Elston, really targeted once he had joined the staff here at Michigan. So I know there was, um, I guess, little people are a little leery because there was talks of him potentially taking a visit to TCU, um, the local hometown school there right next to him. But as far as I've heard, and all indications point, He's still firmly committed to Michigan. This is a great sign getting him up on campus. I don't think he's been to a game this fall yet. So that's the biggest name. Really, that's going to be on campus. Obviously, we're going to confirm way more um, leading up to kickoff here. But, yeah, he's the biggest name for sure. And I just want to point out, too, I know we talked about Wisconsin for a quick second. Michigan also is, and Wisconsin fans are probably not, too happy with Michigan right now because Michigan is also targeting a couple of their defensive line commits in the 2023 class with Trey Pierce who they offered in late October and a couple days later Sam they offered their other defensive tackle Jamel Howard um, who's from the same school as Jimmy Rolder who they got you know late in last cycle the four star linebacker out of the Chicago lands so both those guys I know in terms of Trey He's been up to campus, had a great time. He's even – he's talked to me. He's going to try to make it up for official visit back to Michigan. And then with Jamel, he told me that he's looking into making either unofficial or official visit to Michigan. So those are two guys Michigan really likes in the middle of their defense. Obviously, they missed on Kenny McDonald, who's a longtime target. He committed to Ohio State. So they want to shore up the middle and then tear up their defensive front. But in terms of edge-wise, you got to like what they got right there um, in this cycle. So those are a couple other notes to take away as well.
0: Yeah, definitely to, uh, again, come full circle, Steve, Ohio recruiting. I- I've been talking about that for for a while. I mean, you know, sustainability high in this, um, you know, in where Michigan is in, in college football. I mean, recruiting in general, her Kirby Smart say this, because there's a lot of praise for, you know, finally exercising the, the Bama Demon last year, right? Making them a champion. They were freaking loaded. right? As we know, they were loaded. And so he made the point. Say, you know, appreciate the praise. I don't have the quote. In front, I don't have an article in front of me, but I re- remember it, it sticking out to me distinctly, him deflecting some of the praise for he and his staff, and he had a really good staff. Of course, Dan Landing, not a head coach over at, at Oregon, for instance, but he said, listen, If you are going to be consistently elite, if you are going to be a national championship contender year in and year out, not have the peaks and valleys and ebbs and flows, you have got to recruit at a high level. You've got to recruit at an elite level to sustain this kind of performance. So, yeah, you know, you got to have good coaches. You can't just roll the football out there and expect to win Texas A&M, right? Uh, So you got to be able to coach them. But if you think that you can just go out and recruit, you know, mid-tier, mid-tier recruiting classes consistently and be at a championship level consistently, I got another thing coming. We got to recruit dogs. and He was obviously dogs, right? We got to recruit dogs. And so I say that to say that if Michigan is going to sustain the level that they are now because they've they have elite development i think they really develop guys but if you don't want to have the ebbs and flows as it relates to contending at the top of college football recruiting at a at a top five top ten level year in and year out is the way to sustain it it gives you time to to grow you know some of your you know, some of your lower ranked recruits like Michigan has done an excellent job of and you mix in enough stars. I just happen to think that one of the paths to sustainability of recruiting at that level is Ohio. I mean, you know, proximity matters and Ohio being the most talent-rich state in close proximity for years, that helped buoy Michigan's recruiting classes, Steve. And I think it's one of the, one of the ingredients to to that kind of sustainability moving forward
1: yeah build it like you know build foundation in state and in a state like ohio right and then shoot your shot with the national big the big time some of the big timers national i mean obviously you go up, you want your national or your uh, uh in state and, and ohio like regional big timers too but you know honestly then you don't end up in a situation what where Michigan's at right now on the offensive line where you're having kids from California and Utah and stuff coming out on official visits where proximity can end up playing a humongous factor, uh, you know, and, and trying to reel these guys. I mean, Caleb Lomu now getting Crystal Wells to Utah. Uh, you know, on paper, Michigan should not be losing an offensive line prospect to Utah, right? I mean, right. so, so – obviously we so we know that proximity is playing a role so yeah i mean the 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 better you can do in the talent rich states that are closest to you then yeah it allowed it gives you a foundation uh to to where maybe a caleb lomu or a uh spencer fan like losing on those recruitments don't hurt as doesn't hurt as much uh because you've built a really strong foundation in an area where yeah and especially you know the other thing yeah talk about the rivalry you know (laughs) As many Ohio kids, like having Ohio kids on your roster, I mean, to me, that's Michigan State building with D'Antonio building their roster full of kids that Michigan spurned mm-hmm. almost for years. I mean, I got to think that played some kind of factor, even from a culture standpoint, in putting that big target on Michigan's back every year. You know, it's like Michigan can do that with Ohio State. Um, and like I said, and and then, you know, kind of shoot your shot with with some of the bigger names across the country. So, yeah.
0: Fellas, great stuff as always. Another banger episode. And see, we wrap a lot into one of these uh, podcasts, right? You get a lot of information. Imagine having even more of that at your disposal, like multiple podcasts every day is essentially what you get over on the MichiganInsider.com In written form, mind you. Uh, but this is the best crew in the land, from team coverage to recruiting coverage to analysis. You get it all over on TMI. So if you like this podcast, of course, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. If you're listening to us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, tell your friends they can get it there. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get a notification. Like the videos. That way you'll get a notification every time we put up a new episode. But where it really goes down, if you really want to stay up to speed and up to date on the intel, on the team coverage, on the analysis, the MichiganInsider.com on the 24-7 Sports Network. You see me wearing a hat. see me wearing a shirt all the time. It is the best around. We have the best team of analysts. We carpet the country, blanket the country with, with coverage and analysis. And so $1 gets you in your first month over on TMI. You get that intel. You get everything that I've been talking about. And you get it for all the team sites. Then once you've been on for a month and you get hooked, especially close to signing day, especially with big recruiting news seemingly on the horizon. Now's the time to do it. After you've been in for a month, you get hooked. You become a full paying member. You also get access to Paramount+. Plus. You cannot beat it. Great bang for your buck. So, again, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. That's why you need to be back next time on the next edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.